Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. Um, I've no idea which episode it is, but it's the first one of the year. I right? knew, uh, yeah, I had a feeling you were going to try and name the number and then have no yeah. idea what it is. We're uh, like seven, 74, something like that, but you're right, it is the first one of the year. We've been away for a little while, so apologies to the listeners yeah, for that. It's been a bit of a, um, yeah, a bit of a quiet period, hasn't it? Christmas. I wasn't very well for a few weeks. Yeah, you were really poorly. I mean, that's kind of what stopped us because we did, we had an episode lined up at the start of the year and we were going to do that whole thing when we talked about some of our favorite records from last year, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with the guest included, given theirs. Uh, but then you, you were just like so ill that it just wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't happening. So with that, with that guest, we're, we're, we're going to revisit them in a few weeks. Um, and we just decided just to hold off until this one. But you're you're feeling better, right? Because yeah, that was lingering, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably about four or five weeks. But yeah, on the men now. Um, yeah, nice nice Christmas bug for Christmas, basically. Yeah, yeah. Not COVID though. At least I still haven't got my COVID badge yet. Uh, no, me neither. I don't every, want to. Everyone else, I seem to know, has either yeah. had it or definitely getting it, or definitely had it recently. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe a matter of time, but I think we're in a better position now aren't we just to deal with it and move move forward yeah hopefully cool well what what have i missed then seeming as you're the well, the well, you're the one with the uh finger on the pulse mostly <laughs> uh is that fair to say okay well if you no, say so, more so than me I'm... anyway yeah <laughs> um well you know let's let's not dwell on news etc for too long and we'll, we'll get to the interview pretty quickly i suppose we could just i i sent you a couple of like songs i'd listened to recently um that i thought maybe we could just share opinions on um and then maybe we could dive into it if that sounds good to you um thoughts on that did you get a chance to listen to any of that stuff yeah i did some of it maybe not a, a, as much length that I'd like, as i'd like to all good um, but yeah, there's a couple of other things I've, I guess, listened to recently as well. It's worth worth chatting about. Okay, yeah. Um, do you want to stay? And, do you want to? And we haven't on. had a podcast since the when we were young thing was announced as well. So I feel like we've got to like, yeah. we've got to at least talk about that because we ha- yeah, that's right. We have to give we have to acknowledge that. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's weird that we haven't done it because you know I listen to a lot of other podcasts that are kind of similar to ours or whatever, and they've all discussed it and like. So I feel like we have discussed it, but no, we haven't. It's just through me listening to them or talking to you or other friends outside of the podcast. But yeah, do you want to steer us through this bit? Like, um, to talk through the songs that I sent you that you had a chance to listen well, to and, and then the additional ones that, that, that yeah. you've, you've checked out. I mean, I guess there. guess the, the release that's due out, I think, in a couple of days, Frank Turner's new record. Um, he's released... An, Another single from that record. Yes. Due, I'm pretty sure it's due out on Friday. Uh, yeah, um, that sounds that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I mean, pretty more or less out by the time we release this episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's released a few songs from it. Um, most recent one being the one with the uh, the guy from Biffy Clyro. Yeah. What do you think of that one? Do you enjoy that? Um, one? I like the chorus, but the like the like this. The spokeny kind of word stuff, just I find it irritating for some reason. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. 
I actually preferred the, the the other more the single that came out a week or two before that. The one it's that wave across the bay. Yeah, which yeah, was written about, nice and you know, quite a quite a heartfelt meaning because it was written about the frightened rabbit singer who 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 killed himself a few years back. And obviously, Frank had a friendship with him, and it's quite yeah quite a raw, touching song. I mean, it's it's catchy, but like the lyrics are really quite moving. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, and obviously you got Miranda as well, which is. Kind of another, yeah. Um, I guess deep subject from uh, yeah, from which Frank is lovely. Turner's point of view. That's a great. Yeah. I think that's a great song, and obviously it's a great story. You know, it's yeah, his dad who he's got a terrible relationship with, and um, you know, going through a, a you know a, a transgender transformation. Was that what would you was that what you would say? Um, I so. Uh, but yeah, it's like pretty cool story to to kind of. Here that it's kind of com- completely turned his relationship with his dad on its, on its head, and yeah. like they've started again. Like as well documented, isn't it? From his, from some of his songs, how bad his relationship with you know was with his dad. Yeah. And I mean, he even ref- when when we spoke to him, he did he alluded yeah. to that, and at, which at the time was still a very very broken relationship. Yeah. So that yeah, it's a nice story. And then there's the other one that's. Um, um, non servium Have you heard that? It's like um, it's almost like sure a million dead song. Like he's almost oh, okay. back. It's like I... a real kind of metally kind of. Yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to it, but I did know he released one like that as well. Yeah. No, but um, yeah. Looking forward to hearing the full album on that one. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the full album on the next episode, shall we? See yeah. what we think of that. Yeah. What else was on the list? Oh. Oh, Jeez. this this. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, emo, emo girl, emo kid, emo girl, fe- feature featuring Willow Smith. What, what are your thoughts on that? That one. Um, I just can't. I can't get away with it anymore. I just can't get away with him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of. Oh man, he's kind of a ridiculous man, isn't he? And he's just kind of outstayed his welcome a little bit. Um, because you know, I mean. I don't know if we would have ever thought he was a cool individual. You know, perhaps you could go back and listen to our episodes and we are, we're perhaps saying that. I don't know. We, were, we definitely were definitely like feeling it at first. Oh, though, yeah. Weren't we? Oh, yeah. Massively. Yeah. We like, I th- I'm pretty sure at the end of 2020, we both had a song of his in like in our top five of the year. So we were definitely, he was definitely someone that we paid a lot of attention to and listened to. Um, whereas now I'm at a point with him where I, you know, when you have to separate artists from the music, just because he's such a ridiculous man, and you know that I don't know if you've seen that stuff that came out that he said about one of the Kardashians or Jenners or whatever, like that's very creepy. It's from an interview from 2013. It's just right. like, oh man, this guy. Um, but separating all that, I, I mean, the songs, you know, it's throwaway, and I've got a bit bored of it. But at first, I was. Uh, I was right. enjoying it because it's it's very catchy. It's fun to have Willow Smith on it as well. Yeah, no, I'm str- definitely struggling with that one. Struggling with him, full stop. And I, I guess for me, it's like he just it feels like you know he was originally kind of making a beeline to move into the genre and like explore that, but I just don't feel like he's done anything to like integrate himself within it. Do you know what I mean? And like. He's very much just out on his own doing his thing, and like I don't know. Yeah, do you know? Do you know? 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I think, and I do think you have a point. But at the same time, he has, he is very much responsible for how popular the genre is now, sort of in the mainstream. I'd say, and we have to give him some some sort of credit for that, I suppose. Because he's <laughs> because he's really popular and and he's influenced a lot of copycats and. You know, it's popular with the kids again, so yeah, yeah, that's a good thing, I think. Fair enough, let's move on. <laughs> All right, go on. Which one do you want to do next? Um, just one of my own, really. I don't know if you've heard the new um, Hot Water Music track, it brought, brought a new single, they're bringing out a new, I think it's a new album, like a full length in March. Um, they brought a new song called Collect Your Things. I have not checked that out. How's that sound? Um, I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's a good song. Solid song from from those boys. I don't. You're not a massive, massive fan of them. I like the, the odd song here and there. You know, they're not a regular go-to for me. You know, I've seen them live a few times. You know, some of Chuck Reagan's solo stuff's cool as well. But yeah, not a massive fan. But I, 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 I always pay attention to what they're doing. Cool. <laughs> Evidently not this time, but I will check that out for sure. Yeah, check it out. I think. Well, yeah, maybe we could see if we can get someone, someone in. Yeah, from Hot Water yeah, that's music. a good thought. That's a good thought. We've never reached out to their people before, so yeah, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, very good the, shout. Yeah, March, I think the record is out. So, oh yeah, maybe, maybe we could good, try and good time tie it in with that. Um, what else to listen to? Well, I tried to listen to that Smart Death you sent me, but I can't, can't. Yeah, you, 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 you really over all this kind of um, TikTok, pop punk, whatever Abs- you want to call it. Absolutely. It, I mean, this is like very much in the the the, the vein of uh, Machine Gun Kelly and yeah. Lil Lotus and all that stuff. Like all this overproduced, like synthy hip hop, pop punk crossover <laughs> stuff. Do you do you like, think that that kind of, this kind of trend's going to die away soon, or do you think it's like I, I don't not they've I, started a whole new thing and that's going to be around well, for years. I mean, when you look at um, where popular music is out is at at the moment, which I don't do very often, but yeah. I got a slice of it when I when I watched some of the Brit Awards last night. Oh yes, yeah. Um, and that is just where popular music is at, at the moment, and like it's just dross. <laughs> like in all honesty, I mean, you know, Sam Fender aside, who who won best best rock yeah, alternative? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's. I think you know, we're getting older. Um, you know, and that some of those genres and some of the, you know, the newer kind of pop punk. I don't know what you call it. Has it even got a name yet? I'm surprised it hasn't got a name. <laughs> like, you know, it's appealing to to younger audiences, and that's you know that's what I listen to. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I you know, I just dabble in it a little bit. I'm definitely a bit old for it and stuff but i i do enjoy it and i like if if like i keep saying if the kids are going to listen to that then i prefer that over some of the other dross as you say you know that's in in the mainstream so you know i, I i'm i'm here for it if, if that these kind of where's, keep coming out where's I, this and, guy come from anyway was it a band or was it a group i don't know i think it's i think it's a, just a guy but um i just saw that Mark Hopp because Mark Hoppus is on one of those tracks on the album so when that was released that kind of came yeah, up on my so even title. he's selling out now 
Um, but like these guys have kind of been interlinked with that world for a while because um, there's another one who I think's featured on the album. It's called Lil, Lil Aaron, and like he wrote, he's written some stuff for Blink a few years ago and stuff. So it's kind of, and obviously Travis Barker is always working with these people. Um, I thought I thought the Hoppus the Hoppus uh, feature was pretty cool, and like and even had a little alluded to his cancer as well which i wasn't expecting i didn't get that far in to be honest with you so i'll have to um specifically revisit that that track yeah revisit that song see what you think um but yeah like i just just quite enjoy it it's nothing amazing but yeah Yeah. well what else we got um i did actually get round to um listening to the mayday parade record obviously you had um what was what, what was the guy's name Oh, Derek, yeah. Derek, on, yeah. That was our last episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Derek on, and that was following on from their latest release, so I I, I listened to that, and yeah, it's a very easy listen. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, one for the kitchen when you're making tea, <laughs> um, which is when I, when I dabble. But yeah, there's one song that made me laugh that um, it's uh, it's got the lyric, it's it's got out in sunny land, we got caught so bad in the storm again or something and every time I hit I listened to it it sound, sounded like out in Sunderland just the way oh, he sang it yeah <laughs> so yeah I just thought he might have been like you know in a caught, caught in a bad storm in Sunderland which you know is obviously <laughs> you know that would have been not beyond the realms lyric. of possibility on yeah, you know yeah, yeah. in his touring touring life but yeah sunny land not Sunderland yep there you go <laughs> Um, that was it. Oh, I did listen to the main, the main Taking Back Sunday track. I listened to that a while ago, actually. I know you mentioned to me, to me yesterday, but uh, yeah, it's lo- a couple of weeks ago. Loved you a little. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't go on go on any of my playlists. Put it that way. Sort of six out of ten, seven out of ten at a push, mm, maybe, or a, not yeah, even that high. Not even that high. Five okay. out of ten. Four out of ten. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, let's go. Let's go low, ish, middle of the road. That's it. That's what I've listened to. Okay, yeah, that's that's enough to be going with for now. You want to talk a little bit about? Well, let's catch up with all, all our peers who've been talking about it. The the We Were Young Festival. Uh, when when We Were Young Festival? When is it? It's like October. It's around Halloween, I think, and that's what time. Where are we going? I mean, I'll never say never, but uh, <laughs> it's not looking good. No, no, and also I kind of feel like so. I mean, full disclosure: we we may be we're waiting to see if we can get um, press passes for Slam Dunk. We're hoping we can do that, um, but like if we can't get those, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have any plans to go to Slam Dunk as a punter this year. But looking at the lineup of Slam Dunk. And when we were a young festival, I think for me, Slam Dunk's way more exciting. I don't know why people are going so nuts about this festival, but I know there's a lot of big acts on there from this genre. But just out of bands I like personally, there's not that many. Yeah, I suppose it's it's it is like a nostalgia festival, though, isn't it? Like there's yeah, not but much... like it's definitely appealing to a certain audience from that millennial kind of. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I'm one of them. I, I am one of that audience, but there's just n- no artists from that 
time. Chris, like none of my on. absolute favourites. Like we know how much you love that My Chemical Romance record. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, there's there's no Blink, there's no MXPX, there's no Good Charlotte, there's no Newfound Glory, there's no Sum Forty One, there's no Simple Plan. There's, Fair enough. Fair you enough. know, there's like none of the big ones for me are there. There's lots of bands that I like. Don't get me wrong, but not enough that makes me think oh, I'm going to go out to Vegas to watch this. Whereas I look at the Slam Dunk lineup and there's like way more bands that I really like on it. Um, we we'll best get a Slam Dunk then, eh? Yeah, and and also Nick, I think if we were going to do a extravagant trip like that we'd be better off going to the emo cruise which would be i think more of an experience and you know it has just as many people we like on it and instead of just going to a festival in vegas have you been to vegas before or no i have yeah many years ago can you go back we not really we on festival aside no it's not a place that really i was yeah, you don't bowled over with myself. You don't seem seem like the Vegas don't type. Don't give a Vegas kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Fair enough. Maybe we'll see what happens. You know, don't rule it out. It is sold out though, isn't it? So. Yeah, and and they do what they do at the at time of recording. They're doing three days in a row of just the same day repeating. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Actually, while while we're on that subject, who would you? If you pick three artists to watch, who would you be watching? Oh, um, Alkaline, probably. Um, the starting line would have to be on there just because that's just your opportunities. Uh, you know, there aren't opportunities. I think that's what you got to look at it, isn't it? Because it's a nostalgia festival. You've got to look at yeah. who potentially do you go and see that. You, you might never get the chance to see again. So, yeah, I'd definitely have to put a starting line on that. And then I don't know that that third slot's a bit, um, bit of a tough one. Um, the used, I think, would be. I like they always, they put on a good show back in the day. Boys like yeah. girls. Mm, acceptance, God, that's an old band. I never really listened never, to Acceptance. I never saw them live, but I love that 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 first record they brought out. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, but yeah, I can leave uh, my Chemical Romance and Paramore behind. Bring me the horizon <laughs> as well. Uh, maybe Jimmy Eat World. Throw them in the mix. Right. Well, they're definitely still doing the rounds. What about yourself? Well, I'm I'm thinking Alkaline Trio, Mayday Parade. Both of whom are coming to the UK soon, anyway. Um, and then third one, there's no one who like jumps ahead of the others. Just lots of people who I'd be happy to see, like like Jimmy World, Dashboard, Sleeping with Sirens, um, Wonder Years. What about? Um, but again, bands that come here all the time. What about Slam Dunk? Then, if you like the three, three, now three artists talking. on the Slam Dunk lineup. Okay. So we've got the Interrupters, Kenny Hoopla, Magnolia Park have just been announced. I, I do really, yeah, I really want to see them. Uh, Mod Sun, I'd like to see. Um, You're going to go through some, I mean, some you, forty-one. Yeah, that's go. what I know. I get that, but like, uh, I'm just saying these are all contenders. So, like, for me to pick three, I'm just trying to trying to em- emphasize that this is a more exciting lineup for me. 
maybe let's say some 41 kenny hoopla and magnolia park interesting yeah some 41 would be definitely be on there for me i would say the interrupters but i have seen them like a few times before <laughs> right um but they are great as long as in a, cl- a clash with another one of my second or thirds <laughs> hot water music definitely like to see those guys knuckle puck never seen them before you seen knuckle puck before no no i've never been that interested in them but i've been liking some of their more recent stuff yeah i like the flatliners as well they're on there oh yeah flatliners are very cool yeah so there you go drop kicks drop kick murphy's are even you know they're, they're yeah fine. i uh be, yeah i suppose it'd be good you know, so, fancy yeah. a bit of dallas green uh, Dallas Green is the guy from like what band was fire. it? That was it. Uh, no, nah, not not really. They'll but. be doing that that tent, won't they? That kind of the card Corey type tent they have. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah. No, um, like well, let's see if we get passes for that or not, because that would be that would be interesting if we do. Yeah. Any other any any other news to cover? I think so. I don't think so. I think I think that's plenty to be going on with, and it might be time to get into today's interview. I did see. Um, oh, go on. Chad Gilbert cancer free last last week. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's good news. That's good yeah. news. Him and Mark, I think, are both kind of in the yeah in the clear. Mark, Mark, Mark has been for a little while. I did, yeah. see, did you see Chad Gilbert's scar from his surgery? Yeah, in the picture yeah. of that scar. Jesus. Yeah, looked like some serious. Some serious surgery, lad. Yeah, yeah, brutal. Meatloaf's dead. Yep, <laughs> the way you said that look on your face. Not that I mean to laugh at the the, the death of Meatloaf, but just I wasn't expecting you to say, "Yep, yep." Meatloaf sadly passed away. Yeah, he was well known yeah, in you... the northeast. He was, you know, he's a he was well well liked in the northeast. I don't know if he supported really? Newcastle or. Yeah. Uh, okay, he had some sort of affiliation, did he? Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay. Okay, moving on from Meatloaf, let's get into the uh, the interview. Let's do it, man. Um, let's do yeah, it. We were joined by um, William Ryan Key, who we're hoping to get back for a second round, um, just to cover some more of the yellow card story. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Here it is. Um, hey, I just realised I just referred to you as Ryan before. Do you go by? Is, uh, is it William yeah, Ryan. or Ryan? No, Ryan's still good. Ryan. Okay. William is just my, um, you know, pretentious artist solo <laughs> artist name. It, it's okay. my, it's actually my name, but I, my parents uh, called me by my middle name my whole life. So, oh, okay, um, just po- post yellow card. I just decided to kind of differentiate it a little bit, and it's so funny, man, because the amount of people that, you know, to, to I think to the majority of people that would recognize me somewhere. I am. I'm just either just yellow card or the guy from yellow card. <laughs> so you'd be amazed how many people at like solo shows and stuff that have probably seen yellow card play a hundred times will come up to me and be like William, and it's it's interesting because I've never been called uh, yeah. William before. But yeah, you know, we were yeah. we just weren't the kind of band that had like really like individual standout sort of personality. You know what I mean? We were sort okay. of just a band. You know? So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. funny. Um, also, with all our technical stuff, I just realized we didn't introduce ourselves properly, so apologies for that. So, all good. My name's Chris. I'm based in East London, and uh, that's Nick, who's up in, in the northeast, in, up in Newcastle. All right. 
been to both places on several occasions, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, I guess how these things go, these podcasts, what we, what we generally do is a kind of bit of a, a walk through the ages, a bit of a nostalgic kind of look back. Um, obviously, your career is quite quite long, so we'll, we'll try and whistle through that. But um, I guess let's maybe just start kind of where, where things are at right now for you. Uh, you said you're in Florida at the moment, but you reside in Tennessee, is uh, that right? I'm, I'm in Nashville um, at the moment, out, outside of that door. Okay. My home is a war zone. Um, we're, we're packing up the house. Um, my, my girlfriend and I just bought a place in Jacksonville Beach, Florida, where I grew up, um, to just to be closer to my parents. And okay. um, she's not a big fan of the literal freezing ice rain that we're getting as outside, like as we're recording right now. Um, so right. living a mile and a half from the ocean is a big, it's a big plus for her. So uh, we found a great little house down there. And I, I haven't lived in Jacksonville, um, you know, full time. I've, I've done a couple like, few month stints where i was sort of in between places i've moved so much since i left home um as a kid but uh i did i left home when i was 19 so that was 23 years ago um last month and um and so i i um i i haven't lived there in a long time but you know i think at, at my age at this point like a lot of the sort of past is behind me and there 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 was there was a lot of uh I hate I hate to use this word, but drama uh, around the band and the history of the band and just sure. back home, you know, um, and it always was kind of kind of turned me off, to be honest, um, from being there. But, you know, I, older, wiser, less uh, less wounded by by stuff yeah. that doesn't matter these days, you know, so and, and, right. and just being close to my parents is, is something I think that um, I'd, I'd like to do. I'd like to, you know, be able to spend time with them as now that we're older and they're much older um while while i can i want to be around them and spend time with them so um so anyways i'm in the middle of a huge mission of moving and the studio still looks immaculate which is is that lone tree recording studio right there is that that your space there and the plan is just pack it up and and move it move it down there right yeah this is where i work every day it's i mean it's, it's pretty streamlined you know i have a really really nice i'm really lucky to have the the setup that i have um i was i'm i've been very uh I've I've been very uh, in a non-religious way blessed by uh, the support that I have from fans, um, you know, after after the band and um, broke up and and to to help me keep my my music career going. Um, I I actually I did a Kickstarter campaign kind of reluctantly because it, it sort of turned me off the idea of doing like a crowdfunded, you know, money. It's just it's like gro- it's icky, it's gross, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah. any time I've um, uh, had to or chosen to do something like that, you realize how much people don't look, view it that way. They they really view it as you know a way they can support you and your music. And um, so I did a Kickstarter campaign to just get the the gear that I, I needed to kind of get up and running as a you know studio musician. And um, it was amazing. It was back in like 2015, just before I already knew the band was breaking up. The world did not. Right. So I was sort of preparing yeah. for the future. Um, and it was overfunded by a ton. And I was able to get everything I needed and really build out the room. Uh, you know, this is my third room that I've done. It's the third house I've had uh, with my stuff. But I've been able to really move it and, and plug it in wherever I've gone and and keep working. And, um, you know, I, I really I wouldn't be here. I, w- I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I hadn't had that. Uh, you know that level of support, sort of in the in the post yellow card world, from from fans yeah. that have stuck with me and, and given me the chance to keep making music. So I love my room. I love working in here. My room in Florida is even better. Um, this room, from an audio standpoint, it's kind of short in the back because of that closet back there. 
um, yeah. makes it feel more like a square, which you don't want to be in a square in a, in a recording studio. Um, but I didn't want to knock that wall out. I just, it was too much work. But in Florida, I'm remodeling this house from the ground up so I can do whatever I want. And it had a similar situation of a, a closet like that in the back. So I just ripped it out, um, built a big bookshelf in the wall. It's gorgeous. It's going to be amazing. So the wall, the room is really long. It's like 16, 17 feet long, um, nice. which, which is great. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, to get into the new space. Um, and, and nice. get back to work. It's been killing me. I've been remodeling this house for a month and haven't been making any music. It's it's killing, <laughs> crushing my soul. <laughs> it's it's funny. Um, I think it was uh, I think it was last week or something. Like you were saying on your Star Wars podcast, which we'll come to in a sec. But like talking about your move and stuff, and I'm sure you said something like you've pretty much. It feels like you've moved every year for like the last twenty I, years or something. I like pretty that. much have. If right. you do the math, I pretty much have, and and I don't have an explanation for it. Most you know, most of the people in my life think I'm an absolute lunatic. Um, <laughs> you know, th- moves like this though for me, again, people, you know, everyone thinks I'm a lunatic and I, whatever. Think what you're gonna think, but um, I was I was very irresponsible with my my finances when I was young, and the band was making, you know, yeah. uh, doing really well. Um, I yeah. really didn't take care of, of, of that part of my life. And so if I have to move every couple of years to help me catch up, you know, and, and be able to prepare for the future better then that's what I have to do. And, and <laughs> I've made some really smart choices in real estate, um, at, okay. at, later in life. Um, and this is one of them for sure. I found I, even with the, the real estate market as crazy as it is in the States right now, this place we found in Florida, it was really a find and, and we're able to do this remodel. And, um, you know, it's just, like I said, I'm just trying to, I'm playing catch up really. So, sure. um, if you, if you're smart about it, obviously you can be really, you know, you can do really well with, with, with turning real estate over. So that's kind of where my head's at. And if I have to keep moving, I have to keep moving, but, um, I enjoy it. I enjoy building out the spaces. I enjoy designing the homes. It's it's fun for me. So, uh, I mean, have you got much in the way of plans to bring kind of people through there, or is it more just for your for no, your own it, projects? It's or? really, yeah, it, it's really home for me. Um, you know, speaking of sort of fast catch up to where I'm at musically. When the band broke up, I thought I was going to be producing other bands. I thought that was kind of where I was yeah. going to go. I had, I, you know, I had yeah. such good relationships with Hopeless Records and Fearless Records and Epitaph Records and all these places where I had friends signed and knew the people at the labels. And but it, I, I'm, I guess, I, you know, I was too. It's kind of twofold. I was a little overconfident in the yellow card card playing for me. Um, and it didn't really play at all. I, I was met mostly with, yeah, we could try a, a demo or something and see. Um, I just didn't have a catalog. You know, I couldn't go to a band and say, here, look at all these records I've produced and it's going to sound like this, okay. you know? Yeah. So I, I ran up against that a lot. And then, um, and then short of that, I just found it to be kind of like a hustle that I wasn't really interested in. Um, I'm a very, right. I'm a very hustle driven person you know i'm i've been getting after it for the last five years five six years after the band broke up to stay afloat um and keep making music but you know going to shows five nights a week and and kind of doing the sales pitch it's just that wasn't really what i wanted to do um i found also you know same same vibe with kind of songwriting here in nashville i thought that was something i could get into but totally burned out on that really fast uh, writing four or five songs a week just was not my speed you know with different okay. people and trying to get songs on records and radio and so it just wasn't my speed and um i don't know a couple years ago i i started to three years ago i guess now three or four years shit, 18 four years ago now um you know i did start making some of my own music and released mm-hmm. a couple eps um and i toured really hard on those and that was again just kind of another step to keep it going you know to have some income and keep working and be able to make music still um but 
as of late, I've really honed in on what I want to do, which is score for film and television. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm in the process of, to, to your point, Nick, of bringing people through, this really is transitioning into just like a, a, com- a composition studio, you know, a, a, a yeah. composer's room. I mean, I'm just in here writing strings and, and drums and, and like score oriented music kind of just on my own. I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I, I haven't obviously gotten anything. I haven't landed anything that I can say, go watch this. We're, you know, um, this is what I, I did, but I will tell yeah. you that um, the doors are, the doors are starting to open. Um, oh, I have a, have a really this- cool little ambient, uh, like ambient score project I'm working on. Um, it's going to kind of be like a collection of, of two minute long tracks um, set up for sync, you know, so it can get shopped yep. by by commercials and Netflix and Amazon and every, whatever. So I, I actually have a place to, to deliver that to. So that's really huge um, for them to go out and shop it. And then Ryan Mendez from Yellow Card and I have been working together uh, every day since the band broke up, um, both on both on. Um, I, I don't know um, certain projects that are not this project. I'm going to tell you. We've worked on a few little things, but we have a, we have what we used to call a side project, and now is just our project called Jetta, which is a yeah. um, kind of ambient electronic, um, yeah. like experimental EDM score composition oriented pro- kind of umbrella project. Um, and we have landed a huge project that's coming later this year. I can't tell you what it is because oh man, it's a, it's no, a sign of can't give us any hints. Sign a piece of paper. You know, you can't say anything okay. about it. Yeah, project. yeah, of course, uh, of course. But it's a big, big company, and it's a big, big deal, and it's our first real thing. We scored a film in the summer of 2020 uh, for our little independent film, um, and uh, that was just great practice. We had a blast. Yeah. We love. We both realized, like, yes, this is the thing. This is what we want to do. Um, and wow. so we've we have a big project coming up this year. So um, nice. that's what that's where I'm at. In addition to releasing the EP, which I'm sure you guys want to talk about. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but um, uh, other than the EP coming out, I'm I've been pretty solely focused on on um, building my reel and getting into scoring. Oh wow! Nice. Congratulations. Look forward to look forward to find out what what this project is later in the year. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I suppose with that said, does, would, would then, would it be fair to say that the, the solo stuff like the EP, everything except desire, I think it's called, um, mm-hmm. which is coming out at the time of recording very, very soon. Is that almost like a side project and, and the stuff you're doing with Ryan Mendez is like, well, that's your yeah, main it's, focus in, it's interesting. Group? It's interesting because I, I did my first couple of EPs and, and I, as I said, I toured really hard. I mean, I toured everywhere. I did, I did Australia, Europe. Uh, Russia, you know, I, I, I took it all the way to Russia. I did. It was yeah. crazy. Um, had a blast. It was, it was a grind. I mean, I, you know, I was back in, back in a van with, with work gloves on humping gear in, in the snow for the first time since 2002. Right. Um, so it was humbling, wow. you know? Um, but I found again that, you know, just not really where I wanted to place my, my, my energy, for just like a full time getting after it. You know, I, I, I felt like if I was home, I had to kind of make a call at the end of the day. Do you, do you want to be out on the road grinding this out? Probably not going to happen for you, you know, becoming like a, like a big time Coachella playing solo artist with this sort of more post rock driven, you know, no longer pop punk music you're making probably not going to happen. I say that without any kind of self-deprecation. Like it's just, it's just reality. You got to be just how it is. Yeah. And so come home and start making music because this is what you really want to do. So I decided to stop touring. The EP was born through, um, the pandemic and the when the pandemic hit, 
I, you know, so many of us were just freaking out. Like, what are we going to do? And, you know, never going to have a job again. Right. So, um, my manager, uh, an English bloke, your, your countryman, um, yeah. <laughs> who is one of my dearest friends, his name's Andy Snape. He, um, he came up with the idea of maybe looking into a, a subscription type serve, you know, a Patreon, um, thing. And I had, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, well, what is that? Um, so I, we did some research, looked into it again. I was kind of hesitant. I was like, I don't know, man, it feels like you're asking for money. You know, it feels, feels weird. Yeah. And I, so I, I actually took it upon myself to reach out to some core fans and say, what do you think about this? And they were all like, dude, please do it now. Like I would have signed up yesterday. Um, <laughs> So I started that and uh, in the summer of 2020, it got me through the pandemic. It was freaking awesome. Um, huge, overwhelming support from, from fans. It was so rad. Um, but one of the perks, one of the rewards at the tiers of, uh, for Patreon was a new, a new composition, a new song every month. I realized after a few of them that I had bit off way more than I could chew from doing a full song every yeah. single month. It was yeah. like, that's the thing I to back to like writing songs in Nashville. Like that's just so not my speed. Like I, I can hardly, you know, finishing even one song in one month is hard for me. Um, <laughs> right. So I, I, but I did get through four songs. They were exclusive to Patreon with sort of a disclaimer that someday maybe I would release them. Um, so this past year in 2020, so a year later, um, Andy and I just got to talking and, and thought maybe it was time to look into releasing it. And um, Equal Vision uh, is a friend of, of, of Andy. And, uh, you know, I've been a fan of obviously the, of so many of their bands and records they've put out over the years and since I was yeah, a, yeah. a young lad. Um, Saves the day and all that back in the day. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so I was su super excited about the opportunity. They were super excited about the opportunity because uh, if you've listened to the EP, it's it's very, very far away from anything I've ever done before and, and mm -hmm. pretty far from, I think, the normal type of release that Equal Vision does as well, stylistically, you know? And so um, I, they, they're really excited about it and to... to just as getting to the answer of your, your question is like, is it a side project? It's funny because I was like, you guys know I'm not going to tour this. Like this is like, usually when you sign with a label, that's sort of a big thing. It's like, well, sure. the label does this and you do that to kind of work hand in hand, you know? And they were, they, they felt like the, the, um, the sound that I'm going for, you know, lends itself so much to what I'm trying to do, scoring, composing, playlisting, you know, those types of things. That that's where they want to focus their energy and not on touring. And they were actually really excited about it. Uh, so it just seemed like a really good fit. Um, so, you know, I put it out. I put the songs together. I recorded one more song for it last summer, it was sort of a, a big uh, instrumental opening track for the for the record um, and decided to go for it and put it out. And We'll see what happens, but I think, you know, everybody, I don't know that I would say what kind of project it is, side project, not side project. I don't know. Okay. I, I think it's Good. very open to interpretation depending on if it gets any of that playlisting, if it gets picked up for a show or something, you know, um, I kept in mind while making the music, uh, my sort of goal of, of getting into scoring and composing for film that, that as I was making these tracks, I was very conscious of what, what editors are looking for, what music directors are looking for as far as i mean i don't know if you guys know this or not but when you submit a track for a, a trailer you know a movie trailer or a, a show or something they will get they'll skip over your track based on how the waveform looks the image of it right. they, right. if yeah. it doesn't look right they won't even listen to it so you have to be very conscious of the, of your triangles you know like 
your waveform has to get big and get small again and big and small because then they can they say okay well there's an edit point there's an edit point um so you have to be really conscious of that and this is all the stuff i'm learning you know but um i was pretty conscious of of the build of these tracks that i made for this Mm -hmm. record um and again equal vision's really excited about that you know they're kind of like if you're not touring but you're getting into trying to make music for television and we're the ones putting it out we're the ones behind it then that's great for us you know so um so far so good you know the video that i i made for um well i didn't make it um uh, the company called scene film from italy made it but um uh it's like a stop motion uh yeah yeah uh origami paper i don't know if origami is the right word probably not he'd probably be like that's not at all what you call it but, <laughs> yeah um, i all, know what you're saying that, it's though. all made out of paper and it's all stop motion animation yeah. and um uh, but we just hit, I think we we're about to hit a hundred thousand views on the video on YouTube, which is awesome. pretty wild. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, I just, for me, it's about these days it's, it is, it's about content, you know, it's about continuing to create and just building a, building a track list, uh, you know, and having as much material to show to people, um, as I can. And whether that continues to be, uh, lyric driven, you know, solo releases or more kind of just, just score based pieces. It, I think it's going to be a little bit of all of it. Nice. Yeah, we look forward to hearing it, man. I mean, is is there any desire from a, from a live perspective? Do you, I mean, are you definitely you know planning to simmer that whole thing down, or do you think you still have the itch and do do shows here and there? Well, we've got shows? we've got the emo cruise, haven't we? Uh, coming yeah. up. Oh yeah. yeah. But that, yeah. so so I am. I mean, look, I, I you know I got to make a living, right? So I, I'm yeah. I am I, I'm doing shes where I'll just take an acoustic guitar and bang out yellow card songs and people love it and you know, <laughs> it's a way for me to like I said it's a way for me to get paid and make a living and so I am still doing some shows as far as performing especially everything except desire you know that would be something that I would want to like if I was gonna do that it would be like I would want to perform the EP in full kind of thing it's sort of an experience right. that way right yeah um, and I would really have to do a lot of a lot of uh, research to, on my end to figure out how to create a show like stage uh, production and what yeah, that works yeah. right where it doesn't cost me a fortune where i'm not just like <laughs> pressing play and standing there with a microphone like how how can i uh, bring it to life on stage right yeah. how can i incorporate some live elements uh, musically in, uh, instrumentally into the tracks as they as they play because it, it would be a track heavy show but um in in 2022 does anyone care that shows are track heavy anymore i mean it's music is changing live music is changing you know what i mean and and it's like uh, my view on on tracks has always it's evolved over the years um yellow card was a super heavy track heavy band um for the last i don't know five six years of our career because we couldn't afford to bring a string section on the road that's crazy we can't hire (laughs) a cello player and a viola player and have the you know have them traveling around with us yeah but strings are a huge part of our music so once we had the ability and the technology and at, at our disposal to to build those those tracks we kind of were like we made it you know we wrote it we we it's it's our it's it's our music that is being played you know through the speakers and it, it, no matter how you look at it it makes the show sound better it, it's like sure. you know so we did evolve a little farther past that and we would so when you're ma- when we're making records uh for yellow card standard operation in you know the chorus of a song you have your two guitars left and right sometimes you have four guitars two on the left two on the right and mm-hmm. then you'll rip this kind of clean crunchy sound up the middle and it really just opens the 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 frequency spectrum for the chorus it lifts it right so we were like we don't have a third guitar player fuck it let's put let's put that in let's put that on a track 
no one's going to know and it's just going to sure. bump it's going to lift just elevate it that horses. little bit yeah so ryan and i are still playing guitar and then this third guitar comes in and it makes it sound bigger and better and gnarlier and our sound engineer freaking loved it you know because it was more tools for him to use in the mix so i think it was a lot more taboo in the past and i think as the mm-hmm. technology evolves evolves um enhances your show I, you know, I don't have an, I personally don't have an issue with it. And, and, and so if I'm, if I'm doing something like everything except desire, which is so inspired by so many of the electronic producers and DJs and artists that I love and listen to, like they're doing a lot live, but they're also playing a lot of tracks. Cause they're, what can you do? You can't, you only have 10 fingers. You can't, you can't be, yeah. uh, you know, like one of my favorite artists, uh, in the world is, is John Hopkins an English, um, producer, uh, he's wild you know he's wild his, the dude is insane his music's insane he does a lot of stuff live um using these little korg pads where he can manipulate his different track groups and like delay them and and reverse them and do all this crazy shit to them but at the core of it he has to press play somewhere on like the kick drum yeah. you know what i mean like he he can't stand there and play all the double kicks and crazy shit he's doing with the kick so it's it's just a really tricky thing and i would have to figure out how to do that for for these new songs in a way that where i felt like I was engaged um, instrumentally in some way and also able to sing and also made, you know, able to have the tracks playing in a way that felt good for the audience. And I, I just haven't really, I haven't really put a lot of thought into how I would make that happen yet. I do have a show coming up in May um, where I'm going to be like one of eight artists on a bill with fits and the tantrums. And which is really cool for me. Cause that's, that's like stepping out. That's kind of like what I've been trying to do. And yeah. So I don't think that's a get up and bang out yellow card songs show. So I, I sure. think that might be my first, um, my my first trial as far as how could I, you know, how because th- those fans don't care what they're just going, you know, I, if about yellow card or who I am or what I've done. Um, I think it would be just as cool to sort of show up as a brand new artist for them on that show. You know, they're so not going to opportunity there. Yeah, for sure. So if I got up there and made an impression with the everything except desire songs for, you know, for that fan base, that would, that would, I think be a really cool um, experience for me and for them. So I, I'm, I would definitely like to figure it out a way, a way to do it. Sorry, just, just changing the subject randomly here. Cause uh, I've noticed something that I wanted to ask you about, but like, I remember when you were on Mike Carrera's podcast, you were talking about, the, the process you're getting done on your arm, you know, you're getting the tattoo that's all blacked out and then going to be covered with, with further stuff. Just wondered where you're at with that. Cause you were talking through the process of that and like, uh, yeah, yeah. it sounded pretty full on. I've gotten got, I have the first pass of, of white line work okay. up here. Um, I flew to, to Colorado in December to start with it. So one, uh, uh, one artist in, in Philly did the blackout. And then I have another artist in Colorado that's doing the white on top. And, I went out there, did the first session, was supposed to do two sessions that week, um, woke up the day after the tattoo, tested positive for COVID and had to quarantine oh, in a hotel for 10 days and missed the second appointment, was was <laughs> sick, sick as a dog, stuck in a hotel room on my birthday and didn't get to do any more work. So I'm, I'm behind. I'm not where I'd like yeah. to be. We were, we were hoping to kind of be on the outside down to my wrist. Um, in those two sessions and I'm, I'm only basically just just above my elbow, but it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, it looked, it looks amazing. I'm, I'm really impressed with how the white ink has popped even on the first pass because the trickiest thing about white on black is you have to do multiple passes. So it's a, it's a long grueling process, you know, and the artist is in Colorado. So I have to fly out there every time I want to do the work. So I'm hoping that three, three passes will be enough of my whole arm. So um, well, and was it what 
was it kind of you were just wanting to go for something new or were you tired of what what, what you had before because it's cover, covering up an old sleeve right is what yeah, was the decision yeah. I mean, what gone, was the decision the whole, to do it for it go for it gone. um i yeah it just it was just old gross stupid you know got my first tattoo when i was 20 and uh, yeah. 21 maybe i don't know and it just um it just got a few of those myself so, so <laughs> it was so faded out on the top from from warp tour for you know seven years of warped in the sun and um i i was just kind of tired of looking at it and to be honest i i mean everyone has everyone has their own opinion what they think about it whatever but i ever since i've seen over the past few years the white on black trend of tattoos um yes. i've 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 just loved it and i i saw this certain this guy in in denver his name's clinton lee um i saw a, a white on black that he was working on on his instagram page it was sort of like a suggested no no um the artist that did my blackout it did the blackout on this kid that clinton is tattooing and he reposted clinton's picture of of this whiteout and i was like that's it that's that's what i want that's exactly what i want to do um so i'm 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 hoping to finish my my uh my star wars tattoo like fully finished this year too so it's you know at 42 years old i'm gonna have like fresh ink that's just gonna pop <laughs> and, and now i can take care of it you know i mean i take it yeah time. why not I've nurtured this thing every day. Like I'm, I'm, I take such yeah. good care of it. So, you know, I'll, <laughs> until I'm wrinkly, I'll have really, really nice tattoos again. <laughs> I, I suppose that's a nice quick segue into, you know, I said before that, you know, I want to give you a Star Wars podcast, a little shout out. Cause I know that that's yeah. something you're enjoying doing. Um, yeah. Like, uh, d- d- has the audience been great? I, I was just curious, like the audience for that, is it mainly people who are just like fans of you or if you manage to like get an actual, like Dude, people who just care about Star Wars, not about yellow card or way, whatever, you know? Way, way more of the latter than the former. Really? We, we, <laughs> okay. Yes. And that was, a, that was our dream all along, obviously. Um, we knew that we had a fan base to start with, but obviously our goal was to reach, reach the, the Star Wars fan base. Um, yeah. And, and we absolutely have. I mean, when if you go on, on Apple Podcasts, which there's st- Spotify allows reviews now, but if you we have, we have a lot of reviews on, on Apple. Um, and you can just tell that it's not, it's not people who ha- have any idea about our past or the bands or sure. the, the earlier reviews are obviously, but um, you know, there's, there's a lot of them now and they're, they're just, it, it's, it's so fun, dude. We, um, we're going, we're a month away now. What's the, today is the third literally exactly a month from today um we will be on the galactic star cruiser at disney world so we're going nick adam and i are going on the the second ever voyage of the star cruiser um and uh we're we're full freaking i'm i'm i've been practicing my my saber work I'm, i i just <laughs> um i i dude i had i made the most um unexpected and incredible f- friend on, on an airplane in early 2020, I sat next to Ashley Eckstein, who is the voice of Ahsoka Tano on the Clone Wars, uh, all eight seasons of the Clone Wars. So she's like the lead character on the Clone Wars. I sat next to her on a plane and we just got to chatting and it, it took a while for her to tell me who she was, but she was wearing Star Wars gear head to toe. <laughs> and coincidentally, it was a Thursday. It was the first day of Thank the Maker, our podcast. It was the first episode ever. I met Ahsoka Tano on the day our podcast dropped. It was oh wow, was, the like, force was strong with this day. Yeah, you know? <laughs> um, so she and I have become um, have become friends. Uh, it's we were working together on some stuff. It's it's absolutely wild. It's a pinch yourself thing, you know. It's crazy, um, <laughs> and uh, and so 
I'm actually working with her personal designer who like designs all of her costuming and stuff for all the stuff, comic cons and all the stuff she does. He's, he's designing my full Jedi head to toe. Um, like that must be a trip for you. (laughs) Total trip, bro. I, I I did my (laughs) consultation with him and like got measured. And, um, and so (laughs) we're all, all three of us are going full, you know, full freaking, uh, no half measures on that front. (laughs) No, sir. We're, we're going, we're we're going for it. (laughs) So, um it i i dude i'm we're just nerded we're so nerded out about it like but it's happening a month away you know just with like we're the three of us are such good friends and getting to yeah. experience something like that together it's gonna be mental that's cool man i i guess first question kind of in terms of those early years i mean what were you growing up in florida what were your first experiences with music what you were listening to what got you mm-hmm. kind of into playing in a band playing guitar singing mm-hmm. i mean what what how did it start out for you? Um, I was 11 years old when Nirvana Nevermind came out and it changed right. my life. So okay. um, I got my first guitar probably a year and a half after that when I was 13. Um, started playing in a crappy little band in my friend's garage, you know. Um, and then I think I was 16 years old when a really good friend of mine who I grew up with, our dads were business partners. He was two years, two or three years younger than me. Um brought me over to his house for band, for his band practice and they were uh, already very much playing the no effects lag wagon yeah. no use for a name propaganda style 90s warp tour kind of second wave of punk vibe was their band my band was really just i don't know what we were we, we didn't know what we were but it was much more of sort of like alternative grungy sort of vibe right. um right so i went over to, to scott's house for practice uh, his band's called Inspection 12. They're still a band in Jacksonville. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. But I had never heard it. I'd never heard this before. Right. You know? <laughs> and I was just like, what is this? Um, and so Scott gave me my first two punk records were No Use for a Name, Lech Con Carne, and Propagandi, How to Clean Everything. Um, and then I mean, that was – so that led me into – you know playing that style of music writing that style of music eventually joining yellow card after their their singer left the band um and uh i mean again in nine minutes i can't i don't have time to tell you about (laughs) santa cruz moving to santa cruz california and playing in a tooth and nail band called craig's brother yeah craig's brother sleeping on a garage floor uh in the middle of the winter with the space heater next to my head and working at thrifty car rental in santa cruz and what a crazy time that was before i even joined yellow (laughs) yeah I think let's let's fast forward through let let's you know if we want to cover like certain points yeah. of the career in just a few yeah, minutes. Yeah. So you join Yellow Card, um, real quick. You know I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but you know because you talked about band dramas and stuff, but I, I I did see one for the kids was re-released. I don't know if you yeah. did you did you check that out? Did, you know what were your thoughts on that? The whole thing was done completely behind sean and i's back we we had no idea right. what was even happening we didn't we never heard we, no one sent us a single track or or artwork or or any i don't even know, i don't know what the pictures they used i have no idea okay um, so no i, I have not I, I haven't heard anything good about it sonically so <laughs> right. i don't think i really need to listen to it i i mean that record is pretty much is kind of nails on a chalkboard for me anyways you know what i mean just like it's yeah i know yeah. how special it is to fans as it being like where it originated but it doesn't mean that i enjoy listening to it from a production standpoint and like a sonic it's it's tough to to 
whiny little nasally voice on that thing. Yeah, I mean, and you know how it holds up with with respect. I, you know, I don't think it's your yeah. greatest greatest work. Yeah. I do a of couple course. of songs maybe, but well, um, we dude, I always say I I don't understand how we got got signed and and got. So, we, so, I have no idea. So for, in terms, obviously, there was a huge step up in, with Ocean Avenue, and obviously, arguably, that was you know what propelled you. At what yeah. point? So you released. Um, Ocean Avenue with Capital. At what point did they come along? Because you were fueled by uh, Ramen, weren't you? Was, were well, they consumed by? No, we were. We signed a deal memo with Capital Records right. in in I think it was about April, April of of two thousand two, and uh, they kind of had this, which was pretty standard back then. It was like, um, it was frowned upon for a band to jump immediately from an independent label to a major label you know and so to help with the announcement was put out an ep on fueled by ramen then we have a second mm -hmm. release then we signed to capital even though we had already signed to capital the announcement kind of came after that so capital licensed us out you know or sort of rented us out to fueled by ramen um for that okay. ep i'm not sure how the deal worked but um that's that's why you can't listen to it on streaming services because i think the licensing right. is so messed yeah. up on okay. uh, that makes sense. stuff um so um, that that's how the fuel by ramen thing happened. But but yeah, one for the kids was I mean, experience wise, it was amazing. You know, we were sleeping in the van on the side of the road and and making our first record, and and it was on my first record. They had made some records in high school, um, but but the re-release thing is just it's incredible. I mean, the the kid who did the remixes called found me through someone to contact me and ask me if I could help him get the mixes pulled. Um, oh really? Because he was he said it was such a terrible process and it was so like. He, I mean, he just told me. Just he, he said, "Yeah, they've 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 told me that they were purposely doing this without involving you guys, so that nothing, so they could just do it without." Um, I mean, our contract with Lobster Records is so invasive that I can't do anything, anyways. Even if I wanted okay. to, um, yeah. it was such a terrible contract that they literally he the owner of the label, which is not really a label anymore, but he can literally do whatever he wants with the masters. So it doesn't matter. I'm not angry. I I, I think it's funny. You know, to be honest, okay. yeah. um, but it was just, you know, I was contacted to say like, this is happening. Did you know? And I was like, nope, <laughs> I sure didn't. Um, uh, so, you know, um, the, the underdog EP was was a step up in production from that, you know, I think uh, in oh, a way. And then yeah. and then Ocean Avenue was just I mean, that was it was crazy, dude. We were these we were a garage did, band and then we were making a half a million dollar record. Yeah. Did y. you know? Did you know that, though? I mean, when you when you I, I guess what's the plan for Capital to always release it or were they? open to the few by ramen thing again with that no, record the, the plan was for for ocean avenue to come out on capital records okay. and that was that was and, always and, the plan. and when you i mean once you've finished writing it and recording it did i mean did you know at that point that like this is this you know it's a great record really, or not really i mean i would say that that we you know we knew it was special and neil avron our producer changed our lives uh, i mean truly taught us how to make a record yeah um taught us a lot more about song structure and and crafting a good a good pop yeah. song and and uh, we learned so much in that process um you know the pre-production was really the the, the pre-production for ocean avenue was the most eye-opening experience i think of my musical career um it, it set up everything that followed as a songwriter because neil came in and took all these different ideas we had and kind of would be like why are you doing that where, where, where is that eight bars coming from and never getting repeated in this because we used to do shit like that all the time we would just do these cool sure. little breaks and stuff and and neil helped us hone in on on you know for lack of better words like our, our hooks you know and the the most important parts of our melodies and and instrumentals and how to craft them into to tighter 
um, well, uh, well-crafted songs. And so we knew that was happening, but we had no idea what was going to happen. Like when we, when we heard the first mixes, um, I, I remember, I can't remember exactly what city we were in, but, um, it, you know, summer of, of 2003, we're in the yeah. back lounge of, of the bus on the way to warp tour that summer, um, a couple months before the release. And we were hearing the mixes and masters for the first time. And that's when it started to be like, holy shit this sounds insane like compared to one for the kids and on the underdog ep now you're hearing a tom lord alge mix of your song (laughs) you know it's like holy shit um and so but we but the commercial success no i mean there was no no way to know that any of that was even on the horizon we just thought we thought we were going to really kill it touring. You know, we thought capital was going to, they were really supportive of our touring career. That's how we got signed was our, our touring and our work ethic and our, our fan base that we had built. Um, the Andy, Andy Slater, Andy Slater, the president of the label has famously said, you know, I don't, I don't get it when he came to see us play. Uh, I don't hear a song. I don't hear a single <laughs> yeah. song, but clearly yeah. there's something going on here and we, we should snatch him up before somebody else does. That's basically how we got signed. So, um, nice. you know, our live show got us signed, but yeah. And we had no idea, man. We had no idea what we were in store for. Yeah. Nice. I mean, you know, obviously we, we're run, we've pretty much run out of time, but I could, could talk to you all afternoon about certain points of your career and stuff, but yeah. I guess just like a couple of quick, just final questions. So like, well, now that yellow card's done, what, what, what was your favorite album that you put out? If you, you know, you can only listen to one again, what are you most proud of now? Now that you have retros really yeah, li- okay. lift a sale 2014, that hands down, but by, mm-hmm. by a pretty far long shot, that's my favorite album. Um, what about, what about what tour you could go back and do again? Thinking of the other, but the, the you know some the, of the bands you the, played with the over fi- the years. The final, the final tour. It was it was magical. It was the most, it was the most um, free I ever felt on the road. Free from stress and anxiety, and um, I, I dealt. I struggled with that a lot. It it really it affected my my character and and my. This is a whole other podcast we need to do that. I, <laughs> I, enjoy. I really enjoy talking about it. How it, it really negatively impacted uh, people's sort of. Um, the way people viewed me and my experience with fans a lot of the time i was i was really struggling with a lot of st- stress and, and high level anxiety that i didn't have the tools to examine and understand and the yeah. final tour a lot of that fell away because there was this like this you know what there, there's nothing this is purely about enjoyment this is the last time you get to yeah. do it um and it was it was just a really different experience for me and i'm so so glad that i i got to have it because a lot of my time in yellow card for me, I'm not speaking for anyone else in the band. I'm sure, not sure. putting any blame on anyone else in the band personally due to yeah. my inability to deal with my own uh, m- mental health struggles, which were by the way, also pretty mild compared to what a lot of people struggle with. Right. And that right. makes it a little, even more frustrating for me that I wasn't able to figure it out, deal with it. But um, my, a lot of my time in yellow card was very unpleasant. Uh, when I look back on it, it was, it was really? less, yeah, it was less, less, fun and more stressful for me most of most all of it um and so the end was the op i I forced it to sort of be the opposite of that i I tried to be so conscious of of not i wasn't always successful there were definitely uh some bumps in the road even on the final tour um Mm -hmm. but i tried to just really make each show count you know and and uh, not let the, the stress of things going wrong or you know, whatever, whatever used to get me and, and, and uh, set me off. I, I tried to, um, 
to let that not happen. And it made it a much more positive experience. So uh, if every tour could have been like that, man, I, it would have been a whole different ride. So I certainly would choose that tour to do for, you know, on repeat for eternity. Got it, man. Um, I think with, you know, pro- probably that's a good note to leave it on. I think if, cool. if, if that works for you, Nick, as well. Yeah, I mean, like you say, we could stay well, here, you, here and ask questions we, all, all evening. Yeah, but. well, since we had a little hiccup, if you guys want to make this like a two-parter, get two weeks out of it, um, <laughs> hit up yeah, uh, we, hit up the we, team and we can we can reconvene. We can come back. Yeah, 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 we'd love to love to do a part two of this. Yeah, there's so much okay. so much I'd love to talk to you about. But yeah, Ryan, thanks yeah, so much for giving, giving us your time. This has been no really worries. cool. Thank you, guys. <laughs> all right, um, be well and, and definitely hit, hit them up and let them know we, we chatted about it. I'd yeah. be happy to come back. And- yeah. Just before you go, no no plans for Slam Dunk this year? I know you're, you're a bit of a regular there, with especially with the acoustic uh, stuff recently. No, you know, what I what I was hoping to do at some point was was not – because it was a, the acoustic show I played was bonkers. Dude. I could not believe – There was, there was a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, was- one of, that was one of my most – uh, memorable and cherished musical experience. It was early in the day as well, wasn't it? It was early. It was I like early easily on. opened the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I wanted to come over and and kind of be resident and like DJ the kind of emo night DJ the the after parties. Uh, one. Oh yeah, I've we, seen you doing we, that before. <laughs> we were talking about that for 2020, and then the pandemic hit, and we just haven't revisited ah, okay. it. But may, maybe I, I might be able to make that happen still. So I'm not sure yet. Okay. Nice, cool. nice. Cool. Um, best of luck with the EP launch, and yeah, we'll be in touch with your management about getting a getting a round two in at some point in the next couple of months or something. That'd be awesome. Thanks so much, All man. Right. Let's do it. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, we'd love it if you could subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or any, anywhere like that. Um, also, check us out on social media. If, if you just search for Wasting Time Podcast on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, give us a like or a follow on any of those. And also, we love hearing from listeners as well. So um, feel free anytime to drop us an email at thewastingtimepodcast at gmail.com. Or obviously, you can message us on social media as well. But um, yeah, we'll catch you next time. For you to arrive.